the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He's in the book of John, focusing in on grace. Leon Morris wrote, God's grace to his people is continuous and is never exhausted. Grace knows no interruption and no limit. In contrast with the law, grace stresses the dynamic character of the Christian life. Anyone may know the precise requirements the law demands. But grace is always an adventure. No one can say where grace will lead, what blessing it will bring, or what challenge it will make. You see, we live in a box. We live in three and a half dimensions. You know, the three dimensions, forward, back, left, right, up, down. We can go both directions in those dimensions. The fourth dimension is time. And we only go one way in time. And that's very fortunate. Because decisions we make today can mess us up for tomorrow. But if we could go back in time, we'd mess everybody up. Thank goodness, only God goes back in time or is not limited to the dimensions that we are. We live in this box. We're incapable of getting out of our box. So God came into our box. The Word became flesh. As Calvin, the great reformer, put it, when he says that no one has seen God, it's not to be understood of seeing with the physical eye. He means generally that since God dwells in inaccessible light, He cannot be known except in Christ, His living image. Only the Son, who is Himself God, can communicate God's glory to us. It is through Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, that God is revealed. Now, it says that Jesus was in the bosom of the Father, and that's a Hebrew phrase that describes a relationship of greatest and deepest intimacy. It can be used of the relationship between a mother and a child. It can be used in terms of a husband and wife, and it can be used in terms of two friends who are in complete communion. And what When John uses the phrase, he means that between Jesus and God the Father, there is complete and uninterrupted intimacy. And it's because Jesus is so intimate with God that he's able to reveal him to us. The linking verb is, expresses a continuing relationship. Now, depending on what translation you have, it might might be phrased, the only God or the only Son or the only begotten God, or the only begotten Son. Now, why is it that there's this variation amongst reputable modern translations? The original expression, the original language is monogonies theos. Remember we mentioned monogonies, I think it was last week or the week before. It means unique or one of a kind. And theos means God. Theology is the study of God. So, Technically, it means unique God, only God. 
But I think some of the translators were concerned that some of the readers might be confused when they read that because we're not talking, we're talking about the second person of the Trinity, whom we refer to as the Son of God. And that's why in some translations they translate it God, and which is literal, and in some translations they translate it Son, so we know which of the Trinity is being referenced. Uh, it says that Jesus explained him. Jesus is the explanation of God. If you ask the question, what is God like? Jesus is the answer. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have also known my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus explained God. Explained translates a form of the word exegeomai, from which we get the word exegesis, which means to interpret. And Jesus is the only one who's qualified to interpret or explain God the Father to man. The word indicates that Jesus has given a complete account of the Father. That doesn't mean that there's not more we can learn about God the Father. We're going to spend all of eternity learning about God the Father. And at the end of eternity, which by the way doesn't have an end, we will still not know everything there is to know about God the Father. So it doesn't mean that we know everything there is to know about him, but it means that, that Christ has adequately revealed him to us. We can have confidence that God is as Christ revealed him. Now let's look at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I mentioned this is a fascinating verse. This is the first time this author uses the name Jesus. And he's very fond of the name. He uses it 237 times. That's more than the name is found in any of the other Gospels. He also uses the name Christ more than it's found in any of the other Gospels as well. And this would be in accordance with his intention that people would connect receiving Jesus as the Christ. Now it says that the law was given through Moses. And so here... The author is contrasting grace and truth with the law. Now, speaking metaphorically, the law describes truth without grace. Truth without grace. Literally, the law stands for the first five books of the Old Testament, the ones written by Moses. We call it the Pentateuch. These were the sacred scriptures par excellence to the Jews of that day and continue to the Jews of this day as well. The title eventually uh, came to include all of the Old Testament. Now, since the law was given by God through Moses, it was endowed with his glory and reflected his holiness and his righteous character. Therefore, the Apostle Paul could write, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is the law bad? May it never be. The law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. 
Romans chapter 7. So the law is truth. Now, though God was gracious in the Old Testament, the law was not an instrument of grace. The law doesn't save anyone. It merely convicts sinners of their inability to completely keep God's standards of righteousness and therefore condemns them to eternal punishment and reveals their need for forgiveness and salvation. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, the law has become our tutor, our schoolmaster, our mentor to lead us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. What the apostle was saying is, is people who try to get saved by keeping the law should figure out not too long they can't keep the law. Therefore, it's not going to save them. Therefore, they need to find what salvation God has provided, and that salvation is found in Christ. Both law and grace express God's nature. Moses emphasized God's law and justice, while Jesus came to highlight God's mercy, love, and forgiveness. Moses was only a giver of the law, but Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. It says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, grace and truth has so many facets, it is impossible to fully encapsulate the depth and the breadth of its meaning. God sent Jesus for the purpose of reconciliation. That is, restoring relationship with mankind. God sent Jesus so that mankind could have a relationship with God. Grace and truth are two essential elements for a healthy relationship. Grace and truth, you need both. If you have one without the other, you have an unbalanced, unhealthy relationship. Let me try to explain. There's nothing substantial about a relationship where the other party is exceedingly gracious, even to the point of compromising on the truth. If they tell lies to other people, they tell lies to you. And though they might be pleasant company, because they're always so gracious, the relationship lacks security because you never really know the truth about where the person stands. Now, what's the point of investing in a relationship where the other person doesn't tell the truth? On the other hand, someone who is truthful but lacks grace is abrasive. I say that, you probably have somebody comes to your mind. They are truthful, but they lack grace, and they are abrasive. They are toxic people. And unless you act in perfect accordance with their expectations, they will relentlessly remind you of your failures. And eventually, you have very little desire for their company. <laughs> so you see, a healthy relationship is one that is filled with both grace and truth. It's a relationship where we can be completely transparent, we can be completely honest, we can be completely ourselves, and we know that the other party is going to, to accept us with love 
and, and with grace. So a healthy relationship is based on both grace and truth. Mankind was designed for relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with each other. Jesus alluded to this when he was asked the question, which law is the greatest? Reference the Old Testament law. How did he answer? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I've heard so many pastors preach sermons on these verses, and they get right to that point, love your neighbor as yourself, and they say, I was doing well until we (laughs) reached that. How do you feel about it? Well, think about it over the weekend and come back with us on Monday because Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno will return and pick up right where we're leaving off. More details about us are on the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great weekend and join us on Monday for more study verse by verse.